And welcome back to The Constitutionals. This is episode 239.5. This is a very special episode. I have an interview with the uh, one and only Helen Hong. Why do people say one and only? Do you th- do you think if uh, if there was more than more than one, uh, then people would say the second and only, the third and only, the fourth and only? Helen Hong is on the is on the show today. I've turned into morning radio. Helen Hong's on the show. Uh, you've seen her before. You know her. You've seen her on uh, shows like The Unicorn. You've also seen her on shows like Silicon Valley, if that if that's a show that floats your boat. You've also heard her voice, if you're me, for years on uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Very funny on that. She's very, very funny on that. And now you can see her do more of that kind of comedy on her very own special, Well Hong. It's on uh, Amazon Prime, Apple TV, YouTube, any place you can purchase and buy of special. That's where you can find it. And it's a very funny special. I, I, I enjoyed my time with it. And you know I don't watch a lot of uh, specials. Uh, if you just heard a video in the background, it was me loading up her YouTube channel. She also has a, a derelict YouTube channel that we do talk about. But hopefully she'll return to called uh, Old Korean Dad Stories. Where she sits down with her father and he tells stories about growing up. It's fascinating. They're 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 good, good interviews with her dad, and sometimes her mom is there, um, which I, I think I just stole that joke directly from her. It's it's about her dad, but sometimes her mom, and uh, and, and you know she talked. We're not we're not here to talk about the, just this YouTube channel because there's only like seven videos. However, at the point at this time, however, it is a good YouTube channel. Uh, you'll get to you'll understand where she's coming from uh, when she talks about things in her act. Now, speaking of the act, Well Hong, the special, great. I love the title. I love the title more than anything. <laughs> and, uh, and and Helen's, Helen's Helen's fantastic in it. It is when you when you, it's interesting when you hear somebody's voice on a an NPR show for uh, a couple of years. You never fully get to understand, you know, because they only have so much. They only have so much that they can put in because it's it's not their show. But they can only, but they can be themselves in you know in the total time seven minutes that they're talking. Uh, so it's 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 wonderful to see her do a nice uh, full length special. Full length for a special is uh, about forty to fifty to sixty minutes. I wouldn't like a full length special like a ninety minute. No one wants to see ninety minute comedy specials. I don't want to see a ninety minute comedy special. So this sits right in the middle there. Helen Hong, you can find her on. Uh, all social media platforms as at funny Helen Hong. Uh, it's, I think she's on TikTok now. I think she mentioned that on uh, Never Not Funny, the podcast. So definitely you can check her out on there if that floats your boat. <laughs> definitely not me. So I'll stick to Twitter, Instagram, all that other stuff. The special is Well Hong, Amazon Prime, Apple TV, YouTube, wherever you can purchase comedy specials. And those are the three main platforms. Let's get real. Helen Hong. Oh, you, oh, wait, hold on. Let me, uh, let me do the rest of this. If you want to see a video version of this, <laughs> I forgot to do this. If you want to see a video version of this show, head to youtube.com slash C plus comedy. You can see me in my apartment talking to Helen Hong all the way across the country in her home. It's wild, the technology these days. 
<laughs> Twitter, Instagram, at C plus comedy. Be on Twitter, Instagram, at chat, black, white. Like us on Facebook. Also, there's a premiere show, News Time, which is a, a weekly internet news show. Internet, of course. <laughs> Entertainment business news show where I sit down and I talk about uh, one thing. And it's a, it's a big, it's a nice thing. Nice thing I talk about. Uh, it's a, uh, what, what is it? Uh, like I take a story. <laughs> it's like the last week tonight, except way less funny. It's like the daily show. So less funny. There you go. Do that. Check it out. YouTube.com slash C plus comedy. And here's the interview. <laughs> okay. Bye. And you, uh, do you live in the LA? Westside? Yeah. Okay. I live in LA. Um, I actually live in South Central Los Angeles. <laughs> Please you know. uh, tell me about your experience in South Central Los Angeles. Oh my God. I, I love it. Okay. I love it. I live literally five blocks away from the Boys in the Hood house, which I did not know that the Boys in the Hood house was like a historical landmark on Google Maps. But I learned that when I was Googling my own house and I was like, what's this historical landmark? Oh, it's the Boys in the Hood house. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Wait, this so is are a there true story. There? You can Google it. You can Google map Boys in the Hood house and it will pop up as a national landmark. So are, are tours there all the time? Or? I don't think so, because I know where it is, and it's just a private home. So maybe, like, some really obsessed fans will, like, kind of slow drive past it. But mm-hmm. I think it's just somebody's house. So it, That reminds me of, like, the Brady Bunch house and the... Uh, uh, the full house, the full house house, I guess. Yeah. Like people buy those and those probably cost what two, three, four, five. I don't know how much money the houses cost, but they're millions of dollars. <laughs> not the boys in the hood house yet. It's not cost million. It doesn't cost millions of dollars yet. And I'm glad because it's in my neighborhood. And once it starts costing millions of dollars, I'll be priced out. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, that's true. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah, you would think once, who was the director? Uh, John Singleton, once he yeah. died at the house, you know. Would yeah, just and that was the house where, like, Lawrence Fishburne, like, twirled the balls, mm-hmm. and, like, Trey, his son, was, like, living in this house. Yeah, it was, like, a big, like, pivotal, like, it was, like, a character in that movie. Yeah. Um, and you could just drive past it. It's, like, in my neighborhood. Yeah. But I, it's I really cool. cool. Like, it's really cool, and this neighborhood is really great. Like, People don't realize, and I didn't even realize because I, I hadn't spent that much time in South Central, mm-hmm. that there's, there's like definitely scary parts of South Central that are like the gang activity parts of South Central. But then there's like whole chunks of South Central that are like solid middle class families. Like mm-hmm. my neighborhood is predominantly black and Latino. And it's like older black folks who have owned their houses for years and years and years. Right. And then like newer, you know, Latino families that are like the newer people coming in and they're like young families with kids. So mm-hmm. it's like really say I walk my dog at midnight. No problem. Okay. In my neighborhood. And it's like people are friendly. People are nice. I've only had one bl- older black woman that kind of let me know that she didn't appreciate that I had moved into her neighborhood. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm walking my dog and this and this like black woman in her fifth 
she wasn't even that old. I would say she's like 40s or 50s. Mm-hmm. She looks at me and she goes, you live around here? And I go, yeah, I live on, I live a couple blocks that way. And she goes, hmm. And she just walks away. Oh, no. Oh, God. No. No. <laughs> uh. And I just thought it was so funny. And just like, yeah, you, yeah, girl, tell it. Like, uh, like don't hold back. <laughs> just muttering to it. You know, she went home that day. It was like, mm, I saw this. I saw this Asian lady. <laughs> oh, God. But I, she was, I've been living here for like, over two years and Mm. she's been the only one out of and i walk my dog twice a day every day like so everyone in this neighborhood knows me and they know my dog and um she's been the only one like everyone else is like hey hey hi how are you doing like super nice super friendly just like yeah not i like the fact that i live here does not make me a hard gangsta bitch (laughs) like i'm just like solidly middle class kind of suburban <laughs> you want the feeling of of being suburban in the urban setting i think right i think that's 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 kind of what i have here i live in like midtown atlanta but on the in a up and uh, not up and coming in a very popular neighborhood where it is a lot of urban and suburban and and it feels it's great you can walk around i would not recommend here walking around at midnight with your dog uh, mm. But people do it. People do it. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know, I I'm not a I'm not a small white lady, so I'm not afraid <laughs> of that. But you know, it's a uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much that. <laughs> uh, what does your does your dog like the neighborhood? Because I know this dog was pre according to the special pre pandemic yes. born. Yes, so. totally. My dog does like the neighborhood. Um, there are a lot of dogs in my neighborhood and okay. a lot of them are like, you know, behind fences and they're like yelling at us. They're like, rah, 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 get off my property. And my dog is, God bless my dog. He is the scariest little insert word here for like the most disparaging scaredy cat. Like, mm-hmm. and he's a big dog. He's a Husky German shepherd mix. Oh, Anyways, wow. And he weighs 50 pounds and he could not be more of a giant, like just wuss. Hmm. Like he's just, oh, like the other day, like right now it's kitten season. Did you know that it's kitten season right now? I have now? no idea. Okay. So kitten season is like all the stray cats get it on at the same time every year. And then the, all these kittens are born like exactly like in the springtime. It's like May. May wow. is like pea kitten season. So like, all these kittens and my neighborhood is like rife with stray cats there's just stray kids and and people here are so nice that they feed the cats Mm -hmm. so they'll just be like on the street they'll just be mounds of like dry cat food that people have put out to be really nice you know for these feral cats and so but because they're feeding them there's even more feral cats yes so there's like tons of cats in my neighborhood just stray cats and my dog has prey drive so if my dog sees a cat he'll just start running He'll never catch one, believe me. He's not an athlete. So he'll try and then the cat will go take off and he'll be like, oh yeah, that's right, run. Yeah, you run, bitch. And then, right, so he thinks he's a badass. The other day I'm walking him and he's like walking a little bit behind me 
and um, there's this tiny little cat. It's not a kitten, but it's like an adolescent, so it's still small, like like this big, like a small cat. And this cat is a bat. Like this cat sees me, and he's like, "What? What you gonna do? What you gonna do?" Like he was just like this badass cat. And so I'm like, I tell the cat, I'm like, "I got a dog coming up behind me. You better run. You better run." And the cat's like, "Oh, I ain't running." The cat like gets down really low. And my dog comes running around the corner and the cat goes. <laughs> and my 50 pound dog, that's like 20 times the size of this cat goes, oh God, oh no, mommy, did you see that? That cat yelled at me. Why are you yelling? Oh God, why are you yelling? Please stop, please. <laughs> and I was like, Dodger, you're embarrassing me right now. Come on, like have some backbone. <laughs> like, like my dog's like oh no oh. the cat yelled at me oh my god that is so that bless that dog's heart. i'm bless. like i'm gonna revoke your dog card seriously you're <laughs> yeah. embarrassing me right now this cat is t a tiny cat just fucking owned you i'm sorry i just cursed no just no you owned, can do it do whatever you got to. just owned you bro come on he's like oh mommy i don't like getting yelled at <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I, that is i i love i love a scaredy dog i used to be a dog walker and so i've i've dealt with a lot like way way more than i should have like of, of dogs <laughs> that were scared of the smallest things oh, and it's it, it's crazy and like now i have cute. a cat and she uh Ballsy. she she's very she's very mean she's already had her children and uh and she's very uh mean when she wants to show off but then when yeah. she's not showing off she can be the sweetest thing yeah. and like last night there was a huge thunderstorm lightning oh. and everything and uh she ran into my room and she was and oh. she she wants to sleep with me but oh. then there's times where she like i don't i don't like i will see her when i feed her and then I have a small apartment. I don't know where she goes, but she hangs out somewhere. So <laughs> I, I truly, I truly have no idea what's going on in her that's world. But, so uh, funny. Yeah, yeah. That that's the animals. Animals have their own personality. I was thinking about it's this the so other day. True. It's it's crazy how they have their own personalities. Hundred percent. And if I had children, um, uh, I I just. I got, you know, God willing, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen with them because I can barely handle, you know looking at this cat and trying to think what does she want like from me right now why is she meowing for the past 20 minutes and standing by her food bowl like it just doesn't make sense to me. yeah my dog and my my dog is like 10 years old so he's an old man so maybe mm. this has something to like maybe he was like a like a ballsier more courageous dog in his youth yeah. but he's literally like He'll like hide, like he literally does the thing where he's like hide, you know, like the babies that like hide behind their mommy's skirt. Yes, yes. Like the first time I walked in past the garbage truck, and the garbage truck is really loud because it's like picking, it's picking up the cans, and he was like, yeah. ah, and he like ran behind my legs. I was like, I don't know what you think I'm gonna do. <laughs> like, I'm a very petite Asian woman. Like in in comparison, you're a brawny big dude, mm -hmm. fifty pound dog, and he's like right. literally hiding behind my legs. Like, oh, don't let the garbage truck get me. What what happens when uh, if someone comes to your door? I know you don't like answering cell phone, your phone calls, but if someone, if someone comes to your door and knocks on your door, uh, what happens? Because I know when my he cat would have will literally from his bed lift his head uh -huh. and then put it back down. 
Okay. <laughs> like, he won't even get out of bed. Okay. He is the world's worst guard dog. Mm, makes sense. He's, I've had full-on strangers come in this house, and he has never left his bed. He's just like, oh, hey, I'm just... <sighs> oh, God. And I'm like, this person could have killed me. He's like, nah, I smelled them from here. They seem fine. If I hear, uh, if, if there's a knock at my door, my cat will run to the door as if she is going to meet a new friend or oh, meet a new enemy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. see, no, my dog, you're, it seems like your dog, get, my dog and your cat are polar opposites. Yeah. My dog would be like, my dog would be like, oh, hey. <laughs> hey, welcome. The money's over there. <laughs> yeah, go get the money. Go to the TV, my, the bed, you know, all that stuff. Take it, take it. Mm -hmm. uh, well, you know, I figure we should talk a little bit about your special. Yeah, uh, let's do it. <laughs> well, Hong, uh, first of all, great title, obviously. Thank you. Play on the name. That's a, I, like, that's, if there was a, an easier title to be chosen, I don't know what it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, I think uh, that was, that was like, you know, they, I taped the special and then at the end, after the, all the editing, they were like, oh, what should we call it? And I'm like, uh, you know, I don't know. Like I hadn't thought about it. And so I yeah. was like, uh, well, hung. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, hung. Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and you know what? Also, I, I do think uh, it's, it's, it's very funny. Um, and I always, whenever I, I you know, since the pandemic started, uh, or, you know, is, is what it is now. Uh, I've always, and when I, when I watch specials and then I interview people, I always ask them, did you feel compelled to do COVID based jokes? And, uh, cause you, you basically start out out the gate with that stuff. And, yeah. And so, yeah. so it's different for everybody. So what, what yeah. was your process? For me, I really like, I can't talk about stuff on stage that doesn't interest me. Hmm. Like, I guess there's older jokes that I can kind of phone in, but for the most part, for me, I have to talk online. I have to talk on stage about stuff that's really going on in my life. There has to be that authenticity there or it doesn't like, I can't sell it. Like I'm not that great of an actress on stage where I can be like, Oh, what's the deal with commercial? Like, I don't care if I don't care, like I can't sell it on stage. And so, this was like, you know, when I taped my special, I talk about this on, on in the special. It had been my first time on stage in a year. Mm. Literally, it was like it was like the first event, big event after lockdown. And um and so I was like all the only thing that had been going on in my life was the pandemic. And so I had to talk about it because it a it was the freshest stuff that was going on that I was dealing with my life that I knew universally everybody was dealing with in their lives. Uh, but also, um, like I need, I feel like I needed to address it because it, like everyone in that crowd, that had been the first time that we had congregated in a group hmm. in a year, because that event was one of the first like open, like it, it was the opening back up of New York City. It was the Tribeca Film Festival, oh. where my my special was taped in conjunction with Tribeca Festival. And um, so like New York City had declared like Tribeca Fest is going to be the first, you know, public event post lockdown. So everybody in the room was like, oh, you know, we were all like freaked out. Like we had all been like wearing masks and holed up in our apartments just the day before. And so everyone was a little like, oh, you know, so I felt like I had to address it. I had to address it. That's why I came out the gate with it because I was like, 
it was like, oh, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> Can and you believe it? <laughs> that the so for that's your first big event. How did that feel like getting back on stage? I mean, obviously you probably went out and you know did smaller stuff, but did, like yeah. that, like that you must have been nervous, like you were just so nervous. Like, okay. So nervous. Wow. Yeah, because um you know, when, when you're doing stand-up for a long time, you, it, it never leaves you. Like it, it's always like riding a bike. Like they say, you get back on and you just know how to do it. But right. that first, the first time you get back on the bike after a couple of years, it's wobbly, right? It's not like you yeah. jump on the bike and you're suddenly like tour de Francing. <laughs> like you get back on the bike after a year or two years and you're like, Oh, 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 okay. Okay. I got it. I got it. So there's that first moment of wobbliness. So that's how I felt. I felt like, I was getting back on the bike like a little wobbly because uh, I literally hadn't been on stage. Like during the pandemic, I had done stand-up shows, like a few shows, outdoor shows mm -hmm. uh, were a thing, but mostly Zoom shows, which is like right. in this very closet. By the way, this is my yeah. bedroom closet. I can still hang clothes, see? Oh, wow. <laughs> that's a real, you did a really good job Thank of making you. that Thank you, see, that's, that's... My that's my clothes rod. And then I just bought all this sound foam off of some dude on Craigslist and just applied it myself. It looks because, fantastic. Because I'm big time. Come on, yeah. I'm big time over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was so so my taping my special was literally the first time I had been on stage, literally on a stage mm -hmm. in front of a real life crowd in a really long time. Wow. Um, in a big venue and there were cameras obviously and mm -hmm. and I'm taping my special so I had, had hair and makeup and I'm like nervous and yeah so it was it was the first time after a long time of just getting comfortable on stage um, which is why I, I felt like I had to address it out the gate at my special just be like hey this is gonna be a miracle or a shit show <laughs> yeah right uh, you know one thing I really did appreciate about the special is you, you know talking about the attacks on asian americans yeah. and asian and asians around the world uh it's you know often i, I i've mentioned this uh before um not to you obviously <laughs> but <laughs> but uh it's like you know pre, too often the world is you know it's thinking of black versus white or black and white and we never really talk about the the other you know, probably dozens or hundreds or so of yeah. nationalities out there. And, yeah. uh, you know, especially, you know, coming up with Stop AAPI Hate uh, for the past, what, two years now has just been yeah. like seeing it, seeing it come to the forefront has been very important and very enlightening. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I like that you used your platform uh, to, to talk about it, to joke yeah. about it, but also to mention how difficult it has been for someone who you're not even Chinese. So it's, it's, it's crazy that everything is like lumped into one thing and, and then yeah. you're, you're part of the, the problem, you know? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I felt like I had to address it because um, I have elderly Asian parents who are vulnerable. You know, my dad was attacked in a supermarket uh, parking lot, you know, it, it was it was a completely random attack so one can only assume it was racially motivated you know this guy like threw a, he like full force pushed a shopping cart at my dad with all of his might and it like rolled over my dad's foot my dad said it would it came at him with such force that had it hit him it might have broken his hip like it might have broken like a bone 
but it, he stepped out of the way at the last minute and rolled over his toe and he had like a black toe for a month. So like he was physically injured in a, in a random anti-Asian attack. And um, I had to talk about that stuff. My parents are lovely people in their 70s. That's the other thing is the thing that's so enraging is like, I haven't had an anti-Asian attack. You know, like people that I know, younger people that I know haven't been victims of it. And it's so cowardly. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, so you decided that you're going to be racist against this group of people. So you're going to pick the most vulnerable, old, frail, often women, you right. know what I mean, are the ones that are getting that. They're not stepping to like big Asian men. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? They're not stepping to like. 30 year old like Asian men or 20 year old Asian men, they're like picking off the most vulnerable people. It's so cowardly, you know, because had that supermarket attack that happened to my dad happened to me, you know, that shit would have gone down. Right. Like, I, like I would have been like, excuse me, like I would have been like in this person's face. And, you know, my dad being my dad and he was like, I didn't want to get into it and I don't speak English that well, you know. So it's enraging, it's enraging. And so I felt like I had to address it because um, it's so wrong and it's so misguided. And like I said, it's like, sure, there, there was this um, collective paranoia and anger against China because you know, there was the, uh, the rumor that China invented the virus right. or, or, that, you know, the, or that the virus came from China, which who knows, maybe it did, but like, then why are you attacking Korean people in mm -hmm. in Boston? <laughs> That's yeah. where my parents are. Right. Like, why are you contacting random old Korean people? Like, if you're like, I hate China, the Chinese government invented this virus. Like, even if you believe that, which is all rumors and speculation. Yeah. Why are you attacking random, like, <laughs> Vietnamese elders or Korean elders? Or, like, we had nothing to do with it. Like, what are exactly. you doing? Yeah, so... It's that's all like it's all really sad. I, I understand, you know, the pandemic really hit people hard and it's sort of like um, it kind of it was like the last it was like the last straw for a lot of people that are right on the edge of society, which, you know, our country has a lot of problems. There's a lot of people on the edge of society like there's inflation. The price of everything is going up. Rent is going up. People are getting kicked out of their homes. There's no mental health programs, you know, not enough mental health programs to help people. There's drug addiction, like people, a lot of people are falling off the edge. Yeah. So I get that. I get the inclination that so many people are falling off the edge that there's, there's collective anger, but direct your anger to where it should be directed. Don't direct your anger at like random senior citizens in the streets. Like that's not a going to fix the problem and b going to alleviate your anger. Yeah. It, it, I mean, and, and then, and then, and then what happens to you after you do that? Like, you know, now you're going to, you know, probably lose your job or go to jail because you decided to, to, to be stupid and be callous and careless and mm -hmm. attack somebody who didn't deserve it. it it's, uh, it's mind boggling. It's mm -hmm. mind boggling. And, and, uh, you know, I hope we can get to a point where we don't have to, you know, have hashtags and, uh, and, yeah. and, and do and, and have these talks because uh, we shouldn't have to. We, yeah. we shouldn't have to. It shouldn't. It shouldn't take all of this for you know for peace or anything or anything mm -hmm. close to it. Yeah, it, it really sucks. Um, yeah, yeah. But 
Yeah, but your special is great. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't know you. how to get out of it. And it is funny. It is like there, there is like a little bit of a like a PSA moment in the uh -huh. very middle about the Asian hate, you know, yeah. the Asian attacks. But, but otherwise, it's very funny, and I feel like I turned it around, you know, from from the like the very short little serious moment in the middle to like. Yeah. All right. Now back to jokes. Yes. Yes. I, <laughs> Let's I, get back to jokes. I, I it, it, uh, you do do a good job of doing that. Thank you. And you know, but I think it also uh, your ability to do that also comes from. And I don't know if you ever hosted anything. I know you've acted because I've seen you in you know the Thundermans. I'm not a child, but I have seen cartoon. <laughs> uh, I've seen I've seen uh, children's shows, uh, and and then like also the Unicorn, which is where I saw yeah. you prominently most. Uh, but. Uh, but doing things for, you know, NPR, like, wait, wait, don't tell me. Yeah, yeah. Like you're able to, you and and the and other panelists and, and Peter Sagal are able to work with the weeks. A lot yeah. of the times, more recently, horrible news from yeah. the past couple of years, especially. Yeah. And, and make it funny or make light of it or just discuss it uh, in general. And, yeah. Uh, and I think, I think that's, that really helped uh, that part of the special where you had to talk about the attacks on the Asian people Thank you. Uh, and, 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 and what came of it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been harder and harder to do Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. I've been doing Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me for six or seven years, and uh, it's been getting harder and harder because the news is just getting worse and worse. Like, how do you even make jokes about the stuff that's going on now? It's like insane, right? Like, there's obviously no way you can make jokes about school shootings or mass shootings. Like, you just can't do it. And so, you know, to wait, wait, don't tell me's credit, they just they just don't address the most horrible headlines like that. But then the lesser horrible headlines, we definitely do make light of it and spin it and make jokes and make fun of it. And we try to, like, tease out the funny bits of, like, the horrible news and I feel like that's that's something that we've had to do collectively as a, a country and as a society and as a world because so many horrible things are happening in the world right now. It's like we have to laugh about stuff. I think maybe this is part of the reason why stand up is so popular now is the world is such a horrible place that we need some escapism. We need to laugh about it. We need to hear a perspective that makes us laugh about it because right. otherwise we would just all be crying all the time <laughs> yeah and uh but but sometimes i think that perspective can be a little bit too powerful and uh and and for some comedians uh who shall remain nameless uh they it, it, it overtakes them and it overtakes their the people who enjoy them and everything so yeah. i tend yeah. to i tend to i tend to stick to to uh comedians about a level and below <laughs> you know just yeah. i don't want to i don't want to watch somebody who can sell out a, a stadium and and host snl and and yeah uh, and they just have kind of a toxic personality mm, yeah yeah that's a good good rule of thumb Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, do you, uh, now I, I always I wonder this do you do you watch any uh stand-up at all I because uh, I know some comedians they want to stay away from it but I know others they 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 tend to dip in and out and find who they like a lot yeah I'm I'm the dip in and out person like I I will rarely watch a full special by someone but I'll watch little clips of some of, of comics and just go, oh, that's really good. Or, oh, that's really funny. Just to see like what they're doing and what they're tackling and how they approach things. Um, and yeah, it's hard for me to watch a whole special for anyone because it's 
to me, it's kind of like work, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, stand up is my business. And so I don't want to do watch stand up on my downtime. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably should watch a little bit more, more <laughs> comedy specials, but but I don't. And um, I do watch like little clips and get enough to get a sense of what people are doing, what people are talking about and what people are, how people are approaching things. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that that's a, that's a good way to do it. Um, yeah. Because I watch, I watch a lot of late night. I, ba- I basically watch everybody because I want to see who's doing well and who can, who's, you know, improving it or whatever, just to, but yeah. uh, just, you, you know, top of this week, uh, both, I think, Seth Meyers' show and Jimmy Kimmel's show, they both had the same joke about the Queen's Jubilee from the past week and the literally exact same joke. And that happens yeah. all the time. Yeah. It's not like, you know, they're being influenced by the- No, the that's called, it's called parallel thinking. It's yeah. actually very common in stand-up parallel thinking, especially if you're doing jokes about um, current events. Mm-hmm. There's just nowhere to get around it because there are gonna be only so many jokes about the Queen's Jubilee. You know what I mean? There's only there's only so many ways you can approach it and so many like ways that you can make it funny. And so obviously, if you're trying to make a joke about the Queen's Jubilee, a lot of people are going to come with up with the same same stuff because of parallel thinking, like just so nobody it's not that anybody's cheating off of anybody. It's just like everybody. Oh, this this seems funny. And then another person's like, oh, this seems funny. So that's how you end up with like the same exact joke on two completely different late night shows. Yeah, I mean. (laughs) <laughs> that's it that's exactly how it works yeah. um i do want to ask you about the youtube channel the old korean dad story yeah yeah uh, are you where are you, you going to get back to it because i think that is that's a very good utility to have uh Thank it's, you. And it's entertaining and you know what you learn a lot uh, i know Thank it's a, I know it takes a lot of work because i was watching it takes a couple so of times. much work oh my god it takes so much work and i was like i was doing it i started it in the like deep pandemic time, like during lockdown time when I had nothing else going on. Like I wasn't doing stand up. I wasn't leaving the house. I wasn't doing, you know, auditions and stuff like everything was like pared down. And that's when I started the, the my dad's uh, YouTube channel. It's called Old Korean Dad Stories and sometimes mom. Mm. <laughs> and um, and since then, I've gotten super busy, which is why I've sort of like let it go a little bit. But it yeah, it's, it takes so much work. you got to hire an editor and like go over like make you know do a do a paper cut like transcribe the interview with your dad my dad and like edit it all together so that part is taking a lot of work which is why i've sort of abandoned it a little bit but i do need to get back to it because i have a backlog of like great raw footage that i've taken with my dad i mean there might be a point where i just like throw up the raw footage and just be like hey you guys figure it out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> here's here's a long interview with my dad and please enjoy it um but my dad is really entertaining he's very really charismatic and he just has like his incredible stories mm-hmm. um so like i didn't i did i recently was reminded by my dad that he's like do you remember there was a guy that lived in our living room for a year and i was like what like when i was eight years old my dad had always, my parents came to this country and like they started small businesses and a yeah. bunch of different, like they owned a card store, they owned like a rotisserie chicken stand, like a bunch of random small businesses. And he's like, when I was doing the rotisserie chicken stand, there was a, a um, an illegal immigrant from Korea who had been smuggled through Mexico. Like, I didn't know this, that there are like people of completely different 
part, you know, that come from different parts of the country of the world, like different nationalities from all over the world that come through Mexico. It's not just Latin Americans or Central right. Americans that are coming through Mexico. It's like people of all races. So this Korean man who had been smuggled into the country through Mexico was just like homeless and jobless and just kind of wandering New York City. My dad like came upon him one day and was like, all right, you can come work for me. And the guy had nothing, no wow. place to stay. And so my parents, to their credit, let this random man live in our living room. He's like, you don't remember there was like a sheet <laughs> hung in the middle of the living room and there was just a whole ass man sleeping behind the sheet and i'm like no and he's like oh you were God. eight like you were old enough to remember and i'm like i don't remember this at all <laughs> apparently there was like a sheet that was dividing our living room and there was like a mattress on the other side and there was just a whole ass man just living on a sectioned off part of our living room and he would come to work every day with my dad you know at his rotisserie chicken shop mm -hmm. and then like and he's like and the guy was like such a hard worker and he did all this stuff and he went above and beyond and he worked his ass off all day and then he came back and lived in our living room and i was like what <laughs> so my yeah. dad's like telling us the story and i'm like how do i not remember a whole ass man living in our living room <laughs> That is uh, like no one else has that experience. That's such an interesting, like, an not even the anecdote. Like, that's crazy. It's like I know. It's like dude, there's your own curtain in your own head blocking yes. out that part of the Yes, and I'm gosh. like, what? What? That? No, I have no recollection. He's like, oh yeah, there was like a whole person for like a year. <laughs> oh my gosh. And and what happened? Did did that guy uh, go on to be uh, someone of note? My dad says he has no idea what happened to him because oh. after he sold his business, he just they went their separate ways. And the guy, like, thankfully had saved enough money, you know, living in our living room behind a sheet. He had saved enough money during that year to, like, get his own place and stuff. And then they just lost touch. And I was like, I'm so curious what happened to that person. Yeah. Super curious. My dad's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, we just lost touch and I have no idea where he is or, or how to get in touch, in touch with him. And I'm like, what? I'm so curious. That's so crazy. So crazy. There's you... so much more to that story. I should just put up the raw, raw video for that story because yeah. it's like it's like 30 minutes of raw video, but it's everything he says. I'm like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. Like every detail. The guy had come like his wife was back in Korea and he was sending her money and he sent her threatening letters. Like, if you spend this money on anything other than like buying us a house, I'm going to come back to Korea and kill you. Like all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, wait, what? Like every detail that my dad said was more and more bonkers. And I'm just like holding the camera like, what? <laughs> what? Like you could just hear me behind the camera being like, wait, what? Like it was just so mind boggling. So. I should just like put up that raw video because it was so entertaining. It was really entertaining. You know what? Also, forgive me for trying to uh, uh, to push along to push something on you, but a book too that would be yeah. such a good book. Yeah, a good essay, a good essay in a book, yeah. along with like the 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 since you're already transcribing the interviews along with the the written text. Yeah, yeah, good good call. Yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. Like if. If you go like any any other press you do, if you do press, uh, well, hopefully you do press bigger than me because I'm nobody. But <laughs> <laughs> oh no, don't give your come on, give yourself more credit. You've you, got you, you've got a lovely apartment with a cat. 
I yes, I do. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. Uh, <laughs> she just flicked me off. I don't know why, but she what? Just, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but like, like you got that's your anecdote. That's your that's the thing you got to go on and be like, yeah. And then because then that guy might be watching TV, and then he's like, oh, hey, hello, I was the whole ass man. <laughs> <laughs> but he's but he's like he's like sixty years old, and he's you know riddled yeah. with the bone problems. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I went that far. Uh, <laughs> Helen, this has been fantastic. I don't want to take up too much of your time, uh, you. but uh, it, uh, well hung, uh, well done. And there, uh, I, had, I like what you did there. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I work in TV, so I have to, uh, I have to do, have be at least a little bit creative. <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, yeah, this has been a treat. I've been hearing your voice uh, on Wait Wait Don't Tell Me for years so uh it's great to uh, i never googled what you look like i'm kidding um, ah. <laughs> no uh but no this has uh, been fantastic One thank of the, you thank uh, you so true, much true joy yeah thank yeah. you for having me thank you for inviting me on thank you for telling me about your cat <laughs> you're very welcome <laughs> and uh yeah and uh, good luck with everything and thank again, you last. well hong the special is well hong go watch it go watch it all right <laughs> bye Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye.